here at it again uh, with another banger of an episode. Uh, today's uh, episode is a, is a fitness journey episode, and I always enjoy doing these because I get to know my 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 friends and my guests a little bit better. Uh, but today, um, uh, my guest is uh, Arturo Esquerdo. Did I say it right? Almost. Almost? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, where did I mess up? Huh? Did it, where did I mess up? Esquerdo. It starts with an, with an I. In Spanish, it's pronounced E. So, Esquerdo. Esquerdo. Uh-huh. There you go. Esquerdo. Yeah. See, I'm really horrible with my Spanish, and I should know better <laughs> because I'm Mexican. And I was raised by my mom, who just spoke to me in Spanish, and I have was forced to learn it, but I had one mom, and I had three sisters, and all of my friends that only spoke English. So, I mean, you lose track of it. So yeah, so you lose track of it, you know. So I mean, it it was difficult for me to to keep track with it because I still, mean, do you still understand it? I still understand it. Like I can, like I can have an okay conversation with somebody. Or I can listen to somebody else's conversation with other people and I can understand what they're saying. Okay. I can totally understand what they're saying. And I try to uh, practice it as much as I can and try to listen to other people and how they pronounce it. Because I'm learning as, you know, like right now, now that I'm 36, I'm learning how to properly pronounce words you know in spanish mm-hmm. it goes weird like when i was a kid or even when i was you know teenager or younger adult i would listen to spanish words and i would it would sound differently in my head right if that makes sense and then i would repeat it and then people would look at me weird because i'm not pronouncing the the spanish words but then i start really listening or I start looking at the word, and then I'm like, oh, I've been saying it wrong the whole entire time. Well, it comes with an accent, too. Yeah. Because of the accent. And that's the other thing, too, is like it comes with the accent. You know, I've been speaking English my whole entire life. Mm. And, uh, and you know, so with the accent and then me listening to the words incorrectly, uh, you know, mass smashing it in together, and it comes out... <laughs> It comes out very, very, very different. So, uh, but it, it does help when I look up the word, and then I see the word, and then I'm like, "Oh shit! Okay, I've been saying it wrong the whole entire time. Now I know." And that's the other thing too is like it's probably because the people that I used to hang out with that would speak Spanish, they would. Not really. That Spanish is not really good. Their Spanish is not really good. So it's like you you talk to people. I talk to people in, in you know, in, obviously in English, and then I listen to the, how they speak, and it's like the best proper English, you know. So now I'm like, okay, so maybe it's because I was listening or hearing people that I didn't speak the proper Spanish, or they use a lot of slang. That's what so, I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So they they so they they speak a lot of slang, so you know I'll jumble it all together and then i'll start start speaking it that way and i'm just like 
everybody's looking at me weird because I'm not speaking this thing right. Why is people are thinking or thinking that I'm not speaking it right? Oh, because you're not speaking it right. <laughs> You've been listening to all these, you know, these uh, these people that don't know how to speak Spanish correctly either. So yeah, well, hmm. when I came to America, um, I was used to only speaking in slang, hmm. and then. I came here. Nobody understands Costa Rican slang, uh-huh. and I had to like go back to the normal Spanish, which took me like about a month. Yeah. Then, at the same time, get used to speaking in English most of the time, yeah. which was really rusty. So what is like? So what is Costa Rican slang? So like, like give me an example of one word that's uh, that you know slang in costa rica mm, for example uh head in costa rica we say hoopa hoopa uh-huh. okay you just say cabeza uh-huh cabeza yeah, yeah so you guys say hoopa mm-hmm. huh Cam- caminar walk uh-huh we say trolear it's okay like Yes, it, so and depending on where you are in Costa Rica, like the deeper, usually in the ghetto you go, yeah, the, it get the uh, worse it gets, the harder it is <laughs> even for me to understand that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so like, yeah. I mean, we, and that's one thing that sometimes, like I and I think a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the countries in this world that we live in, they're pretty much the same. Like we all have our ghettos or. Or our little uh, accents in the country. So, like, uh, East Coast accents obviously are way different from the West Coast accents. And then you have people from the South or just to have different slang and different accents over there. And even when you get deeper into that, so, like, in the East Coast, you have different slangs or different uh, accents in New York and in Boston and, mm. and places like yeah, that. So, them. yeah, so, like, places like that. And it's probably same you know everywhere else you know and that's what i don't realize but when i'm trying to speak you know spanish or like you know we're watching like a documentary or we're watching you know something from mexico and i'm just like i've they're speaking these words that i've never heard of before and then i ask my wife you only listen to slang yeah so whether i listen to slang or it's a different other slang from a different part of mexico like a different part you know but usually in tv they don't speak in slang like no, in, they don't. No, like in programs and all that type of stuff, they don't. They don't. But like it's like 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 the the stuff that I get exposed to, like documentaries or like uh, you know stuff like that, or like um, you know I'll look up stuff from you know on YouTube, you know, and people that you know post stuff, and then I hear how they talk, and I'm just like it's so weird to me, you know, when I thought that I knew where I came from. There's a lot more. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more that goes into it, you know? Well, it's just to put it in perspective, imagine like the deepest ghettos in mm-hmm. Texas, how yeah. the people talk versus the deepest ghettos in Detroit. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's totally different. They probably don't understand each they other. They probably don't understand each other. And it's like that. Yeah. And that's what I need to remember. It's like that everywhere else. I'm pretty sure it's like that from, you know, in Japan to Mexico to Costa Rica to England. It, it, to usually, it usually applies the bigger the country it is. Yeah. The bigger it is. Like Mexico is huge compared to my country. Yeah. So like even accents from state to stadium in Mexico, they speak and they make fun of each other. Yeah. 
They speak really different. Mm -hmm. They all, yeah, they all make fun of each other about it. So, and Costa Rica is pretty much the accent of the capital where I am, mm -hmm. and the accent of outside, mm. where it's like more rural. Okay, yeah, so it's totally different. I need to remember that that uh, uh, that just keep on practicing, <laughs> keep on listening uh, to people that are speaking proper uh, uh, Spanish. The universal uh, one. Yeah, yeah, the universal one. I try to listen to a lot of uh, people from Spain, you know, how they speak, because obviously that's, you know... The purest Spanish that I've, that I've been told that people speak is like in the countries that they have the least amount of accent. In Spain, they have it quite relatively thick you know yeah like the best spanish that i've heard is in chile it's in colombia and in my country mm. it's even like my accent in spanish is even hard to replicate other than a few pronunciation of words yeah versus cuban or dominican or uh, totally different huh every single like mm -hmm. At least a few words per sentence yeah. is like completely it's different totally, pronunciation. It's totally different. <laughs> it's funny. So a group of my friends growing up in, in, in high school, we all came from different places, right? So uh, I'm Mexican. My other good friend, he's from Colombia. My other friend, uh, my other good friend, uh, his parents are from Cuba. Uh, uh, my other good friend, he's from Puerto Rico. We had a, other uh, friends that we used to hang out with. We used to call them Panamanians because they were from Panama. So it's just like a bunch of different, you know, uh, 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 Latin cultures smashed together. And sometimes when I would hear them speak in Spanish, mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't understand. Or I'm just trying to keep up with them. But like I would go to my, my friend's uh, uh, my friend's house, uh, the Cuban. And I would go over there, and then all of a sudden I hear his mom and and his uh, his stepdad. They were just all you know. They were talking, and then it sounded like yelling to me, like they're about to like fight that's each other. Culture, yeah. <laughs> but they're about to like they're about to uh, like about to fight, and then uh, and then and we're hearing this like in his room. We're just hanging out in his room, and then they're over there. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just looking at him. I was like, "Do you want me to go?" I've like, seen I've seen stuff like that in gyms, <laughs> and they even get face to face, yeah. talking really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just, they're just like making fun of each other. They're, yeah, yeah. They're just so, hanging out. No, they're just hanging out. But I told him like, dude, you want me to go? And he was like, for what? Like, they're fighting. Like, I can go, dude. And then he was like, they're just playing dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're just, they're just playing dominoes. They're just they're cool. They're just fine. Whatever. They're but yeah, but they just they communicate differently. They yeah. communicate differently, and sometimes you know we don't we don't understand it, or we don't we never seen it, so we don't know because we're not part of that culture. But yeah, it's totally different. Um, so let's get into it, my man. We talked about it in Spanish for like eleven minutes over here, <laughs> but hey, my man. I'm happy that you you came through. We've been trying to set this thing up for a while, yeah. but your schedule has been crazy. Uh, uh, um, I've just been busy with uh, uh, training people, and for people um, that don't know, Arturo, um, uh, he's a boxer. He's a fighter. Uh, he's been fighting for a very long time, um, and now he's uh, he does that as well as you know trains people on the side as well, uh, but. How long 
How long have uh, have you been fighting? What like what at the age of what have you started fighting? Twelve. Twelve years old. Yeah. So you've been watching the sport like uh, even before that. Like, were you a fan before that, or how? Like, how did you get into it? Well, of practicing uh, boxing since I started, pretty much. Uh-huh. But of watching it and studying it from since uh, Pacquiao de la Hoya fight, if I'm not mistaken, that was like in 2008 or 2009. I'm not sure. Somewhere around that time. But, yeah. so, but you started watching uh, boxing. Were you uh, a fan before at the age of 12? Or at, at the age of 12, that's when you... Uh, I was taken be- to a boxing gym. Oh, you were taken to a boxing gym? Yeah. At that time? Yeah. Who took you? My mother. Your mom? Yeah. Just because? Or just like, it would be nice for you to get like a hobby or... Yeah. Well, we were... It was my older brother and me. And... Uh-huh. She basically wanted us out of the house because we were in vacations from school. Ah, okay, and okay. She tried to get us in every single type of soccer, whatever. And goal. you just didn't like it or what? I like soccer no, and she, all the other she stuff? She couldn't find anything. Every, oh, okay. Everything, everybody was on it already, so yeah. it was full. Uh-huh. So when we were gonna, when we were driving, driving home, like on defeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I saw a boxing gym. Yeah. And so like, let's go try it. So it was your idea, pretty much, to go. Let's go try it. Yeah, have. I okay. Guess. Yeah, yeah. So you guys went in there, and you kind of just fell in love with it, or my older brother, as soon as he got his nose broken for the first time. Yeah. It wasn't for him. Uh huh. And. As soon as I got my nose broken for the first time, I didn't care. You didn't care. You wanted to keep going, huh? Yeah. How? So what did your mom think, though? Like, I understand she wanted you to get out of the house and everything. But, I mean, you're over there getting punched and you're getting, you know, you're getting hurt. Was she okay with you uh, doing all that stuff and continuing on? Yeah, like, mostly in my life has been my father, the one that is, like... Pretty much that has been inside in my life. Yeah. By those times, it was already like she was already distancing. Uh-huh. But my my father, since the beginning, he from six seventy fights in amateur, he went to six. Oh, so he was a boxer as well. No, no. Oh, no, no. No, he went. He took me to sixty five fights. Oh, he went okay. There gotcha. Always he oh. was. Like the ones that he didn't saw was because they were in Brazil, in okay. Dominican Republic, in Venezuela. Uh-huh. And then this, uh, so he took you to, to the fights. Yeah, he he supported me since the beginning. Oh, okay, so so he saw that I liked it. Yes, and, like, and you enjoyed it, and you liked yeah. it. So what was it about boxing that you enjoyed it? Was like did uh you getting hit? Was that like a rush for you? Like you got excited and. Or just like, uh, was it the 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 satisfaction of just hitting somebody and getting all that aggression out, or or some people you know enjoy it because of how technical it is, you know? It's There's so much steps. It's a little bit of everything, yeah. right? But um, since I was maybe like three or four years old, I already knew I was gonna be an athlete. Okay. I just didn't know what sport, and I always imagined I was going to be like a runner. 
Okay. Because, like that's what comes to mind, you know, or well, a football player, soccer player. So okay, so I mean, is is like running and soccer is that big in in Costa Rica? Soccer mostly. Soccer mostly is the most popular one. Yeah, but running, I don't know. They, it's like, you know, naturally one of the like the two first first two sports that they teach you you know okay Go run as fast as you can over mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. and since you're a child since you're a baby they give you a ball okay all right yeah. so so you started you knew at that time at that young of an age three to four years old that you were going to be an athlete mm -hmm. you just didn't know what but you're going to do something yeah and there have been some aspects of my life that mm -hmm shaped my character into liking some type of controlled aggression mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like if you take it one step further mm -hmm. then it becomes a science if mm -hmm. you take it even to the extreme it becomes an art mm -hmm. and that's that's the goal and that's know? the goal right yeah. and i think and i think that's like uh Like every artist, right? So, like, if you said you right now that, you know, if you take it to the extreme, it becomes art. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's in every artist, right? They all hold some kind of uh, pain or they hold some kind of... Uh, Something. Some yeah. kind of struggle or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. they exceed in that art because they're putting all that feeling, all that emotion, all that struggle, that pain into their art, right? Yeah. So, I mean... Um, So I guess like even like, you know, bodybuilders, so like me, myself, like um, me going to the gym, that's my therapy when I go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I put on the weights and I push my limits and I try to, even though I'm sore, whether it's uh, my muscles feel like they're about to give out or, and, and I feel like I can push it a little bit more and pushing it to the, not to the extreme, but I guess, I guess to my limits, I should say. Um, you know, pushing into my limits and and getting to the goal that I want to get, whether it's big, getting you know bigger, whether it's uh, getting more leaner, whether it's getting you know stronger. It's all an art form because you know you're shaping your body, right? Yeah. You want it to look a certain way, so it's all you know crafting and and and, and a science, and so it's it's very relatable to you know uh, to 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 fighting. And it's yeah. also like a whole lifestyle as well, you know. Because well, yeah. I'm, pre yeah. I mean, pretty, I'm pretty sure people look at you, you know, weird, or people look at me weird because, you know, for me, you know, I'll eat the same thing every single day, you know, to get to my goal, <laughs> right? And people are like, "Damn, you eat, you know, chicken and rice and broccoli every single day," you know. <laughs> well, like, yeah, if I want to get to where I want to go, you know, and that, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Same thing with you. Like, people might look at you like well, weird because you you get hit. You know, <laughs> all the time. People don't like to get hit, you but know. That's but, goal, not to but, get that's, hit, but that's not the goal. <laughs> but it's gonna, it's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. and just the same thing with like going to the gym. You're if you keep pushing and keep pushing yourself, you might get hurt. Just the injuries, you know, go up. It becomes a way of expressing yourself exactly to the point that, like, in certain cases, it can become like an addiction. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like in 14 or 15 years that I've been doing this, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't stopped training for longer, for periods longer than two weeks. Since, okay. 
I ever started training. Mm -hmm. I have never taken a vacation of a whole month. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's very difficult to do, right? Because you know, like you said, it's, it, it becomes it, it, natural. It becomes automatic. You yeah. Know? It becomes a routine. So, mm -hmm. for other perspectives, for other people to see it, it's really difficult. It is difficult, you know. For us, it's just. It's natural. Everyday. It's an everyday yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's totally yeah. It's that's why we get these looks sometimes, you know, for you know how much we push ourselves in the gym and and the the extremes or or the limits that we would push our bodies to get you know to our goals. But I mean, that's why we we're in the positions that we are in today it's because we're willing to sacrifice and we're able to you know, put ourselves on the line to get to where we need to go, right? And that's the only way you're going to be able to be successful, okay? So, yeah, yeah pretty much. So, uh, your dad took you to the fights, uh, uh, and you started going, you know, to the gym. You started, you know, getting into that. Um, how was, like, that first training session? I mean... I, was, I, I feel like... <laughs> like the, I felt like dying. Yeah. Yeah. So, because <laughs> I mean, like, if you were 12 years old, I mean, you're at that age where you're you're kind of in between, right? You're still like a kid, but at the same time, like, you're going into that teenager, and you know, you're you're uh, have these uh, feelings of like the being the, um, I guess, like, I guess, trying to still find yourself. A little bit, you know, you're in that awkward age where you're just trying to find yourself and you're like, what are you going to do? Or like, well, eh. my friends and I at that age were already like liking and looking for girls. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. At that age already. Uh -huh. I don't know. I don't feel like like I was trying to find myself. Oh, no, no. OK, so it was all about girls then. At that time, kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was all about girls. Teenage uh, years are all. Well, about yeah. It. I mean, that's the reason why I started going to the gym, right? It's to impress <laughs> women and to get girls. I wanted to get you know these big giant muscles and you know these abs so I could you know get girls. Um, it never worked. <laughs> <laughs> Not until way, 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 way later on. But uh, but yeah, at that age, uh, yeah, you majority of the time you might want to you know get girls. But um, for that, me, it worked pretty well. Yeah, for you. But that's the thing, though, too, is like with boxing and like weight training with, with boxing, it's all like it's conditioning and it's uh, uh, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be sweating. And you're going to be pouring in there and, and that when that works, you're going to be dropping a lot of, you know, a lot of weight. Yeah. So. And I don't know. I think my character. <laughs> oh, so you think the more of the personality than anything else? Yeah, from yeah. the beginning. From the beginning, so it you're just, a charmer. It just helped. <laughs> you know? It just added <laughs> that little extra, you know. Yeah, and also by the, when I was still in high school, by the mm -hmm. time I was 17, I was already national champion. Okay. Like okay. of all ages. Okay, so so let's go back into it. So, um, so that first training session, you said you're feeling like you're about to die. Yeah. So he, they had probably had you doing some, you know, some crazy stuff. In the beginning, when you thought that was crazy, probably now it's like whatever. Yeah, like running around the ring uh -huh. and doing push-ups. Yeah, 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 just trying to see how, you know, how conditioned you are, mm -hmm. pretty much. Uh, uh, did you throw up? 
I have never thrown up. You've never, not even that first training session, you didn't throw up? No, when if I train way too hard, I feel like passing out. I have never felt nauseous. Oh, no, no nauseousness, though. No. Did you, so did you feel like you were going to pass out that no. first training session? No? No. No, so no, no, it just. It was just, t it was difficult. It was hard. Like, really, really hard, but. Yeah. You know, at that time, you didn't, you weren't, I was not aware that you can take yourself to the passing out extreme. Mm hmm You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, so, so that training session and that, for, after you got done with that training session, that was it like you wanted to continue and you wanted to uh, continue doing it mm -hmm. so how long was it to where your uh your first training session to your first fight like 11 months so 11 months of just pure training and then you went into um into the, your first fight yeah the owner of the gym asked me like if i wanted to fight i'm like yeah yeah but, but we were doing sparring every week and uh -huh. like I already knew what was I doing. Okay, so and this was in 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 Costa Rica still. Yeah. Okay. All my amateur. And so you're an amateur in, in Costa Rica, and you wanted to do that for. Uh, they asked you for that first fight. Um, so how was that first fight? Were you nervous? Oh, of course. For yeah. the first like thirty to forty, maybe I yeah. was really nervous. Okay. Um, so t when they asked you yep, that first fight, how long did you have to prepare for it, for the fight? I was already prepared. I don't know. Like, I just kept training uh, consistently. Yeah, consistently. So, okay, so you had that first fight. How did it go? It went well. I just don't remember. I think, I think it was like they stopped it in the second round. Mm -hmm. You know, in amateur, it's not called a knockout. It's... In my country, they used to call it RSC. Okay. Referee stops the combat. Okay. I think it was in the second round or third round. I'm not sure. So but it you, went good. Oh, so obviously you won. Yeah. So you okay? So you, they had to stop it. You know, because yeah. you're probably beating up the kid pretty badly then. Yeah. <laughs> you probably beat him up pretty badly. So everybody noticed, like, all right, you know, this kid got some. Uh, Got some skills and uh, he's ready for another one then, huh? Well, I asked. Yeah, you wanted to continue. You yeah. wanted to continue to fight. So, so obviously, so you were getting better because you mentioned that, that at the age of 17, you said? Yeah. At the age of 17, 17 you were uh, a champion. Yeah, it was all by my own will. I was yeah. never pushed into it. Mm -hmm. So the parents were never like... You got to keep going, like, because you see a lot, a lot of boxers like that. Yeah. A lot of fighters that their parents, they call them, like, the, the, they the stage, they, the stage parents where, like, they're always on the kids to keep pushing it, keep pushing mm -hmm. it. And, uh, and they're kind of just uh, putting all that pressure on those kids to where the point where the kids don't want to do it anymore because it's not fun for them anymore because the parents made them, you know, continue to do it. Or they become excellent. I know yeah. a few cases. Well, but no, but there's a lot of people that have gone, you know, become excellent, you know, fighters. But it's like you start seeing like uh, um, you start seeing the effects of that, though. Right. So like even like even like the most excellent, you know, uh, uh, athletes, you know, their parents, you know, the ones that were really hard on them and pushing them. 
they don't have the best relationships with their parents anymore or they've grown to hate the sport because of all the preparation and it's not fun for them anymore. I've seen both cases. Okay. But like a few of the most successful boxers, like for example, Lomachenko, mm -hmm. he's, he's been like that with his father. His father shaped him, pushed yeah. him into boxing, showed him everything he needed to know. Mm -hmm. And until yesterday that he fought, his father is in his corner permanently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah so i guess it's just different you know for for different people but yeah. your parents never you know pushed you to continue and and to uh uh to keep on fighting keep on doing it stop doing no. this stop doing that and go 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 never never and it was all your thing just because you genuinely just loved the fight yeah yeah so um so you were a champion overall the best you know in 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 that age group um So what was the next level? When did you start? No, it was it was open, not okay. age group. Like okay, okay, like you know, like for going to the Olympics is from in those times it was for from seventeen to like thirty five or thirty six something like that. Mm -hmm. It was open. Okay, and you were number one. Yeah, and you were number one. So at the youngest age. At the youngest age, at seventeen. Yeah, and how did that make you feel? Or like, how did that? Uh, I'm pretty sure that came with, like, a lot of pressure, though, right? Like, everybody's looking at you now. Like, everybody's looking at you and 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 seeing you, like, all right, this guy right here, he's the one. He's the one that's going to put Costa Rica on the map. Relatively, know? not that much, because in my country, people only pay attention more to soccer. Oh, okay. That's pretty much it. And, like, know how to frame it but like like in the ideology of of the culture of my people mm -hmm. it's it tends to be very they conform a lot mm -hmm. like they they don't they celebrate if you are fourth place like if you are in first place okay you know that happened to the nationals soccer team mm -hmm. i'm not used to saying soccer i'm used to saying same football. football yeah <laughs> even here <laughs> yeah no right yeah yeah um so that's how yeah. you stop yeah, yeah so well, it wasn't that much pressure no no and so that was pretty good for you then because now you don't you can just focus on your craft and focus on your on your fights and what you need to do instead of listening to all of these people that are putting all this pressure on you. So it must have been, you know, awesome then that you don't have to have all that pressure on you. Yeah, at that point, I had already my my goals, um, well, not written, but my you goals You already knew what your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, it was to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And then... I, uh, I went to the Olympic trials in Brazil mm. and I was one fight away of class classifying mm -hmm. and I lost the very last fight to Canada. Mm. That was one of the worst days in my life. So by so was that your first loss ever? No. No? No. So, no. so you've lost before? Yeah. So what was, uh, uh, what was your first loss like? 
Like, how did you feel? Oh, it was about the same thing. Yeah. It was in. How many uh, fights? How many fights have you won before you had that f first loss? Like eight. Okay, maybe. so like eight wins, and then you had that first loss. Yeah, and it was because the the referees didn't like the way I fight. The they also had a problem with the fact of my father always being there with me. Really? Yeah. So they always try to like make me lose points out of nowhere. Hmm. And I still dominated the guy. Yeah. They took, they almost disqualified me. They took points away from me. Yeah. Then the fight ends. Then they give it to him. So why did they not, they didn't like your dad? Or what, why was it that, that your dad was the problem? I don't know. Huh. That's like weird. Or some weird stuff. I don't know. Huh. That's weird, though. Like, they would do something like that just because your father was there. Yeah, but there's a lot of... Even in America, I've heard that there's a lot of corruption. Oh, in yeah. Those types but of there's, like, things. everywhere. Like, and pretty much in every pretty much in every sport. There's always been some kind of scandal yeah, you know, no, in all but, these sports. But, but, like, for example, if you go to the Olympic team... Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to get to the Olympic team and the president of that organization doesn't like you yeah. even though you won they will put the second place well that's why you that have team. to well that's why you have to like uh that's what they always say in boxing like never let the judges never let it uh, dis, uh let the judges decide your your fate right so you always want to knock them out before yeah. the judges even get to you you know yeah but what i meant was that even after you won yeah. They would still take the second place. Huh. That happened to me also once that you when I was 18 already. So you won a fight and then they took it away from you? Mm-hmm. And what was their reasoning why they took it away from you? I'm not... I wasn't going to go ask about why. I was just angry, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a... Uh, it's just stuff that happens. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot go of politics. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of politics on why they do that stuff, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh man, yeah, and that's and it's still and it still probably still happens in some on some levels, and it's a. Uh, or I wasn't gonna go I deep into it. Is what yeah, I you didn't want to. Yeah, like I was just angry enough to not like him and yeah. to try to keep going, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you still wanted to prove that you know that you were the to one. To stay there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to stay there. Um, so. You went to the Olympic uh, trials and trying to to qualify, and you lost that one last uh, to Canada. And you said it was like the worst day of your life, because uh -huh. you were just right there, right there, like almost there to your goal. And then you know that happened. Yeah. So how did that day go after after that loss? Like how did that go? Well, I don't know what to say like i cried a lot yeah and it just felt like my dreams were crushed yeah you know, yeah your mind invades you yeah yeah so how long did uh did you take a break from from fighting for after no. that no you go no. right back into it yeah was it like the next day or like uh you took a couple weeks off or what was it oh no no as soon as i went back to costa rica i kept training you kept training for yeah. it yeah Huh, that's crazy though. That's crazy how you can just, uh, you know, uh, 
continue on because a lot of people, they would, you know, it would crush them to the point that they don't want, they don't want to continue fighting, right? They would just want to just, you know, give it all up and well, that, and use that as a, an excuse to, you know, just to, to hang it. Yeah, but my mind gave me that voice, you know, like, how can I say, like, I I had those thoughts of stopping. Yeah. You know? yeah. It always comes with defeat. Yeah, yeah. And especially when you know with, with an athlete, you know, yeah. with an athlete, you know, you you put yourself that pressure, you know, and you train hard, and and then you're told that if you train hard and you're doing these things, you're going to be successful at it, and then. Well, they tell you that in everything. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. You know, and you built yourself up, up, up that, and then you know when you don't get what you want and you lose, you know, you start thinking to yourself, well, I put all this time, I put all this effort, I put all this work for what? For nothing, right? And all those voices start, you know, coming into your head yeah. and start trying to put in that doubt in your head. But I mean, you know, it, it seems like you didn't really pay attention to those voices and you continued on. Like, what else can you do, right? It's like, it's whether you give, you know, it's whether you give up and just do something else or it's whether you continue on and try to, you know, go for it again. Yeah, but I don't have a plan B. And yeah, exactly. Then that's, and that's what uh, I feel like a lot of people should do is not have a plan B. And a lot of people come telling me, even relatives of mine tell me, like, you got to have a plan B just in case it doesn't work and this Mm -hmm. and that. Mm Mm-hmm. I just say yes, I have one and and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so they can just shut up. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think and I think that's a, that's a good idea because it helps you work smarter though. Or smarter and harder as well. So, yeah. you know, it's cuz I mean, uh, that's how I always saw it as as plan B's. I always saw it as like a safety net. Right? So like like well, you know, I'm going to go for this, but if I don't get there, then, you know, I got this to fall back on. You're going to conform with something. So if you have that in your head, already planted in your head that you have this thing to fall back on, then I feel like people don't push hard enough to get to where they want to go mm-hmm. because they have that safety net, that have that plan B. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. So people don't push e- enough. I feel like if your back is up against the wall and you don't have that plan B, you're going to try so hard and work so hard to get to your goal and you're not going to let anything or anyone get in the way of achieving your goals to the point that you will eventually, you know, get there. But so like with, with my businesses, I don't have a plan B. This is all I have, you know? So I put myself in that position purposely so I can get to where I want to, where I want to be, and it sounds like you're, I'm not alone. Like you're doing yeah. the same exact thing. And it all comes down with how far are you gonna push it? Are you gonna be willing to sacrifice stuff? You know, yeah. Like I, I haven't met anybody that has told me that wants to do the same that I did. Like yeah. abandon your whole life, all your relatives go to a different country that you have mm-hmm. never been. Mm-hmm. The good thing was that I speak or that I understood English. Yeah, you know, but 
Just go to a whole new world. Have the balls to do then. Yeah. So how old were you when you left Costa Rica and you came here to the States? 22 or 23. Like 22, 23? And you came straight here to Vegas? Yeah. Yeah? You, ha- you, didn't, you didn't have any relatives here in Vegas or friends or nobody here uh, at no. that time? No. You didn't have anybody? No. So what was your plan coming here to, to, to Vegas? What was what was your thinking like when you were in Costa Rica? What was your thinking like? All right, I'm gonna go ahead and go to Vegas to train there, or like to just because all the major fights are here, all the boxing gyms are here. Yeah. What, what was like your plan on on coming over here? Like, yes, because bo- the capital of boxing is Vegas. Yeah. Know? But also, I had the misconception of thinking that Mayweather promotions the promotion agency of him mm-hmm. was good so I came to try to get signed on his uh, company oh, on his team yeah mm-hmm. so I came straight to the gym of Mayweather okay and that's where it all started okay so that was your plan like alright Mayweather's like the you know the biggest uh star in 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 the boxing world he's in vegas i'm gonna come to vegas and i'm gonna go to his gym and ask to to be signed or to be looked at or whatever just given a chance yeah the plan was to be to spar in front of him mm-hmm. and get his him. attention yeah okay yeah. and if he likes you he signs mm-hmm. that's what i was told even at the gym okay but then so okay so you decided to go so you packed all your things, you left uh, uh, your home, and you yeah. came here straight to Vegas. Yeah. Um, how, I'm curious, like, how was it when you came to Vegas? Because obviously it's totally different from, you know, Costa Rica. So, like, how was it, like, culturally, like, seeing all these different things that you've never seen before and the, the way that people react and the way that people uh, treated you? Well, was it totally different or was it pretty much the same? Because of TV and because of internet, I kind of knew what to expect. Ah, you know, okay. Globalization makes the whole, pretty much the whole world know how is the American culture. Okay. How the Americans tend to be, uh-huh. you know. So it wasn't that much of a shock. Okay. So how would you, how, so you got here, not that much of a shock. You, uh, how did you find Mayweather's gym? Google Maps. You just Google Maps. You just typed that in, and you went straight over there. Well, I before that, like before coming, I, I, I got an Airbnb very close, mm-hmm. so I would go there walking. Okay, so you yeah. went over there walking. So that's and you got there, and you were told like, hey, if you spar in front of him. And he sees what you uh, he sees you, and you catch his eye, mm-hmm. then there's a good chance of uh, uh, you getting uh, signed. Yeah, and by that time, I had already sparred a few people in there, uh-huh. so they knew they knew I was good. Uh-huh. And when Mayweather started coming, um, he like the first day the Mayweather came, I was asking people to. Yeah. So that I could spar and finally he would see me. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to spar in front of him. Why was that? They don't want to be like 
have the potential to be humiliated in front of him. Ah, you know? okay, okay. So they were like, I mean, I guess maybe yeah, they were scared of of doing it because it's you're, you're doing it in front of Mayweather. Yeah. Or unless they were scared of you, and they're gonna see how both a little bit of yeah. both then probably. Yeah. Okay, and so nobody wanted to spar. No, so the second day, Mayweather came with another world champion that actually fought yesterday, Gervonta Davis, uh -huh. to the gym. And I was looking for for somebody to spar. Nobody uh -huh. wanted, again. And I'm like, well, who can I ask? And I, I told that to a friend that I made in the gym. Yeah. He told me to tell that to Gervonta Davis. Ah. Uh -huh. If you are a world champion, it's very hard to say no. Your ego will have to say yes. Oh, so okay. So or even like, so I would think that if you are a world champion, you would it would be easier to say no because you are a world champion. And obviously, when you are a world champion, the promotion has a lot of investment in you. Right, so they want to no, take care of you, and they want to protect you from no. getting hurt or to be shown like you have weaknesses. No, because when you are world champion, you are the best in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, so you feel like there is nothing over you. Oh, okay, everybody's under you, so you have no problem dealing with anybody. Gotcha. Okay, so they said you should ask him. Yeah, I went to the dressing room. Or uh -huh. to Yeah, the dressing room. Yeah. And Gervonta Davis was sitting alone with Mayweather. Uh -huh. And I asked him if I could spar him. Uh -huh. Then Gervonta Davis looked at Mayweather. Then Mayweather just asked me a few questions that I don't really remember. Like, yeah, how old are you? How many fights you got? This and that. Uh -huh. Then he told me, okay, go get ready. Okay. And I thought I was gonna spar with Gervonta Davis. I'm like, finally, right? Yeah, it's fine. gonna be very hard, but that's why I'm here. Yeah, here to prove yourself. Yeah. Then Mayweather came with the sparring gear on, got in the ring, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait a minute. I was, I was, uh, I wanted to to, to fight Davis, not you. Yeah. Wow. So that was better. a surprise, huh? Yeah. It was well, three weeks when I was here. Only three weeks. Okay, so you so that was a surprise to you, like okay, now I'm gonna fight the best in the world. Yeah, pretty and much. After that, I called like my father, and nobody even believed me. Oh really? Wow, you know, that's like, crazy. Like if you don't show me any pictures or anything, mm -hmm. I don't believe you. I'm like, if I try to take any pictures or record any videos, I would be dead by now. Yeah, because they don't allow any of that stuff in the gym, right? Those bodyguards. That's body are very aggressive. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So you got into the ring with Mayweather. So how was that like? How did it go? It was very good. Yeah. I, went, I did really good. You did pretty good, huh? Yeah. Of course, he won the sparring, but he didn't beat me up. And, okay. Um. No, the normal sparring. It's usually six rounds long. Mm -hmm. And when I was given it all, and by round five, I'm like, I don't have any more energy. Uh-huh. You're pretty much tired. I'm going to still go out. Yeah. But I'm just going to go survive. 
Yeah, yeah. And he stopped aspiring after round five. Okay. So I'm like, well, thank I you. Didn't look bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. I'm already tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so okay. So that the fight happened. The sparring fight happened. Uh, what happened after that? Did he come talk to you and and uh, ask you, you know, all these different questions? Did he give you advice, or did you go up to him and be asking like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get signed. You know, what's up? Well, in the beginning, I was just like so over my head, you know, so surprised about that that we just went to the dressing room. I was just changing myself. Mm -hmm. And Mayweather was also doing his own stuff in the bathroom and in the dressing room. Uh And he said that he liked me Uh and that he told his secretary to get my number. Uh And that's when I started getting calls from them to join them for as a sparring partner for the whole McGregor camp. Okay. That was awesome then. So you were probably f- excited about that then, huh? I was yeah. You were pretty happy, you know, yeah. cuz then now you're like, oh shit, you know, this you, this trip wasn't a loss, then, you know, I did it and uh and now, you know, I'm you know, I got his attention, obviously, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be helping him getting ready for that fight. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. So so, um, and, and because of that, I he took me to L.A. He took me to New York and Miami, and I would have just stayed in Vegas. I, I saw you. So you're traveling, you know, yeah, across the countries, and you're from Costa Rica. And mm-hmm. did you ever travel after? Because you you told me that you went to Brazil for the from the Olympics, right? Yeah, Venezuela and Dominican Republic. Okay, so then you know after that you know you went to the states and you went to all those other major cities. Mm. Oh, okay, that's nice, man. Yeah. So you were just tra- helping him out. So then uh, after the after the that fight that he had with McGregor, what happened after that? By that time, I found out that he's not a good promoter, and if you're not, if you're not black, he doesn't really look at you. He doesn't really mm. give you any a chance or try to push you. Uh huh. And I waited for a little while, like, well, not like it felt for a long time, but uh. I waited for like two months for him to come back to the gym after the fight never came back mm-hmm. just started looking for opportunities somewhere else uh-huh. and landed another gym and i started training with the trainer that is now the trainer of a boxer that is now a world champion that mm-hmm. is name is caleb plant okay he's the one that is gonna fight canelo, canelo next. next yeah 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 Okay, so so you saw that you, you weren't going to have any opportunities with Mayweather. So you just grabbed your stuff and you took off and you went to another gym. Yeah. And it's crazy, like, like, like those devastating moments that you've had in your life, whether it was uh, the Olympics, whether, you know, it's this right here with, uh, with not getting signed. Or not given that, you know, that opportunity uh, to show uh, what you have. Uh, it didn't, like, like phase you. You know, you just kind of just, all right, you know, let's, you know, keep on moving forward. Well, 
it didn't get any better after that. It uh -huh. actually s started going downhill, like maybe a few a few months to a year after that. Mm -hmm. I was training at that gym and uh, my family was helping me out and they fell into a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. So I had to choose between working a full-time job and not training, which is clearly not what I came to America, mm -hmm. or uh, working half-time and training the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And when you have just have the pay the when you just have the pay of you know when you just get have the pay of a full-time job is yeah. what i'm kind of trying to say mm -hmm. is that you in america have to choose between eating or having somewhere to sleep yeah that's when i became homeless for about eight months so we're homeless for eight months yeah so, uh, and I, I didn't tell my family, nobody knew because I didn't want anybody to get worried because, you know, yeah, because everybody was, you didn't want to disappoint anybody. N not exactly that. Like, I don't, I have never had, uh, like, I have never cared a lot of what people think about me. I don't really care much. Yeah. So it's not that I didn't want it to disappoint them. It's that they were going through a rougher time than even me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to make my father get concerned. When he has his other problems over here. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give him one more reason to... To worry. Yeah, to stress. Yeah, to stress out. Yeah. So so you said you were homeless. So, so like, what would you do to, like... Uh, to uh, to survive i was sleeping at the gym that i was staying at uh -huh. that i was training at before yeah yeah yeah. and giving boxing classes and that's how i ended up meeting pamela who is now my wife uh -huh. and she was the one that took me out of that gym okay Oh, sure. I stopped being homeless because of her. Because of her? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, and it's, and eight months must have felt like eight years, right? You know, um, you know, yeah. doing that every single day and no, just trying to. The first two months, the first three months felt great. You know? Really? Yeah. Like, I'm like. You I'm, enjoyed I'm it? Breathing fucking boxing the whole fucking day. You yeah. Know? So you just can't because you had nowhere else to go, right? So you're just there. Just yeah, but it's just that at that gym, you see world champions. You see really high class of boxing. Yeah. So, and you meet a lot of people. You see all these different cultures and shit that yeah. come to boxing gyms. You know, like boxing gyms in Vegas are mm -hmm. like a worldwide attraction. Okay. Um, and you're seeing just world champions all the time they're training and yeah i was i was quite happy but then the owner of that gym started like treating me really really bad for the rest of that time mm -hmm. and by that time i i met my wife 
I didn't even want it. Like, I wasn't even thinking of getting a girl. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even in my mind at all. You just wanted to survive and get back into the training. Yeah, and she, she got some personal classes. Uh-huh. And she wanted me to give it to give her the classes because she liked me. Yeah, and seeing you and, didn't have... And, and then she would come and ask me, like, can you give him to me? And I'm like, yeah. I don't... Like, don't ask me. Go ask him. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't... And I, you, don't, I don't really care if, if he doesn't or he does you know yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. mentally and emotionally exhausted yeah not knowing what to do yeah and then i started training her uh-huh. you know and then stuff happens and then i ended up living with her then i ended up marrying her that's incredible man that's yeah. crazy how like that homelessness can lead you into where you're at today right you yeah. know meeting uh 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 your wife yeah you know we're meeting somebody and then getting married yeah you know <laughs> but it's crazy though like she was even the one that asked me to get married she asked you yeah wow <laughs> that's that probably shocked you then huh yeah, I had to think it for like two weeks. Oh, I mean, it's a big yeah, step. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> like imagine, like imagine you calling, like calling your family back home and be like, "Hey, I'm married now." I told them one year later. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I told them on the same day that we got married. Mm-hmm. You know, on the first anniversary. Yeah. I told them I just got married. Huh? And what did they say? Or what? Did, how did, oh. They just like her. They love her. Yeah, they but didn't say like anything special. Oh, okay, but they weren't upset because they you held that secret. They don't know. They don't, they still don't know. No. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> that's crazy that they don't know still. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you tell them though? Just because? Well, yeah. Like yeah. I don't I don't see any reason. Why. Really? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's funny, you know. Huh. I I mean, I think they would want to know, right? That their son is married and But they know that I'm married. Oh, okay. They know that they're married that you were married. Yeah, but, but it I, took you a year to tell them. Uh-huh. When it was the first anniversary, I uh-huh. told I told my family that I was just getting married that day. Ah. So that they I synchronized the anniversary. Gotcha. Time. You gotcha know? okay and when so we were actually married a year ago yeah but it mm-hmm. was i didn't tell them because it, and they still don't know yeah they, and still, they still don't know that you've been actually how long you been married how many years i know it's hard for us men three to remember years. huh? <laughs> three years three no, years almost two? three years almost but and but so it's you've been married for three years but uh your parents or your family think it's two yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. But I mean, to to to, you know, to be homeless. I mean, uh, to be homeless in a country that is not yours. That is not yours. Having and you any don't relatives. Really, yeah, you don't have any relatives. You don't really know, you know, people that close mm-hmm. that you know uh, that you can ask for help. But. Uh, I ended up meeting some fucking great people yeah. that have helped me a lot. Really? In in those circumstances, uh-huh. is when 
even though I didn't know them for a long time, is mm-hmm. when the real people follow through, you know? Yeah. And I plan on keeping those friends for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those are genuine good people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. But so I, I did get help. You did get help throughout the whole entire time. And that time you were still training and you were still, you know, practicing. and Training twice a day never stopped. And the tra- and training stopped and, uh, and, and it didn't stop twice a day you would uh, do it. Yeah. And okay. So when uh, when you became homeless, um, were you still out there seeking for fights or trying to get signed? Like yeah. what were you trying to do to, to, to better yourself? Yeah, that's when I made bad decisions and I took fights without thinking about the... Well, first of all, my mind wasn't there. I was training, mm-hmm. but I was so fed up with what I was going through. Yeah. That you don't you don't feel the hunger to fight. You just feel the hunger to... To stay alive. Yeah, like... You know, your priorities go even lower in the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, I took fights that I shouldn't have, too. Mm-hmm. And I lost. And you lost those fights? Yeah, in professional. Ah. And I will carry those fights for the rest of my career. Yeah. In amateur, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can you can lose a hundred times mm-hmm. that if you just go to the tournament and wish them and win the national tournament you can go to the olympics become olympic champion you have a hundred losses and you can have even more losses than wins yeah In professional the record is the one that helps you sell yourself yeah and that's why i'm saying like i have to carry that with myself for the rest of my career it, it yeah. won't help me at all mm-hmm. the only way it helped me is that now i know what to take and what not to take gotcha then the um, the once i was um not homeless anymore and mm-hmm. once i could already start looking for fights the trainer that i was with i didn't have a manager and i didn't have a uh, promoter mm-hmm. and that's the recipe for people that have promoters and managers and through matchmakers making fights mm-hmm. these matchmakers are the ones that will see you as prey mm-hmm. to take you f- to the wrong fights that are designed for you to lose okay because they're trying to help out their other fighters and that's how climb. boxing yeah how boxing boxing is. shouldn't be like that at all yeah but it is and uh-huh. when i came to america i didn't know all of this stuff about like the business side of boxing i learned yeah. that all here the good way the wrong way mm. i saw what people do you yeah. know i'm not in that sense i'm never going in depth in po- in depth in those uh in like depth in public yeah yeah, yeah. But I, you know, athletes <laughs> do stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that broke my heart. Really? Like, I'm like, I shouldn't be l- watching this. Yeah. You know, I love boxing. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And but it's sad to say that, you know, it's a part of it. 
Yeah. It's part of it. And it's a lot of things that uh that people don't see. And you were nobody just nobody will see it. Yeah, and no one unless you're, you know, a part of the business. Yeah, yeah. you you that's the only way you'll probably see it. Not even but, a part of the business. You gotta be like part of the small circle around um, the boxer. Uh huh. Yeah. And then yeah, so it's it's yeah, and it's probably like that everywhere and, and it probably yeah, like you said, it, it it's probably like that in the sports that generate the most amount of money. Yes. Those are the Cuz I'm still shocked on how much money, you know, a fighter makes in one fight. Well, even like like obviously like the top fighters like the Canelos, the Pacquiao's and yeah, yeah like like you know, obviously like Mayweather, you know, the, the amount of money that they make for one fight is just crazy to me. Like it's so much money for one fight. I don't know if you know about boxing champions. Do you know about Anthony Joshua? Yeah. The heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. I, s I met him in person, right? Yeah. Um, I was sparring with Mayweather mm -hmm. in the ring, mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. And we clinched. And I I was in the angle looking at the entrance. And fucking Anthony Joshua was he standing there, right there watching us. You mm -hmm. know? Then we finished the, the sparring. I'm like, I go talk to him, like, oh, another, you know, again, starstruck and yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. And we, well, I went to get changed. Mayweather disappeared in the dressing room, whatever. Um, I was outside, uh, like, hanging out with the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Joshua was there. He was really nice. He's yeah. one of the most humble boxers I've seen yeah. or I've met. And then Mayweather came out of the dressing room and threw like a, a normal bag in the ground, mm -hmm. uh, backpack. Yeah. Anthony Joshua is like, what is in there? Mm -hmm. He's like, I just have a million cash in there. Mm-hmm. Just, just like that just to brag you know yeah. just, to, just to be an asshole <laughs> whenever he would pay us for the sparring he would have like stacks of hundreds yeah like mm -hmm. like nothing literally like could be like a an inch thick yeah of just hundreds yeah that's crazy though right yeah but uh, uh but like like i said like it's it's crazy to see how much money that these uh these fighters are making and so yeah. like who knows how much are like promoters are making and yeah going know. going out of track a little bit when he took me to new york uh -huh. he um well i was i i became very good friends with his bodyguards okay know? don't like don't create enemies where you can get in a lot of trouble i just yeah. i'm like i'm I'm yeah, gonna be, be cool. Good to yeah. good to them, you know. Uh -huh. We went to like a jewelry street in New York, mm -hmm. you know, like where you see like Jews, uh, like rabbis walking in the street, like where yeah, yeah. real real money mm -hmm. happens there. Mm -hmm. And everybody was waiting for Mayweather to finish doing that, whatever. The bodyguard asked me if I wanted to go in to watch what they were doing yeah. i'm like fuck yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's been one of the most one of the craziest things i've ever seen it's like a whole mall mm -hmm. of just 
diamonds. Just really? Wow. It's like where these people buy jewelry. It's, it's crazy, huh? Yeah, we're used to seeing rings in the mall, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. These people go to places that everything is made of gold. Yeah. Everything is made of diamonds. Mm. That's it, crazy. Like, like I believe that. <coughs> um, uh, but yeah, to 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 be part of that lifestyle, you know, I and you probably I lived in for a you, little while. Yeah, for a little bit, right? And it's just like I don't know if that fuels you even more. Like you wanna, you want this even more to be, you know, so I can continue to to be part of that uh, lifestyle. Well, and I'm not like saying like. You're into like the jewelry and you know the stacks of money and all that stuff, but like it reminds you like if you work hard and you push and and you keep on uh, um, going after your dreams, then you'll get whatever you want out of I, this career. I, I plan on getting my toys. Yeah, yeah, know? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I feel that the thing that makes me advance the most. Is whenever I get in the ring with a world champion, former world champion, or future world champion. Yeah. Like, today's Sunday, right? Yeah. On Friday and Wednesday, I got in the ring. I sparred with a former two-division world champion. He's going for the third division. Mm -hmm. You know, and I compare my level to them. Uh -huh. sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes I take you know like imagine being in my position and getting in the ring with a world champion and taking the world champion to fucking school yeah you know like boxing him yeah yeah he yeah, doesn't yeah. even touch you and yeah. shit. you that's when you feel like oh, okay I'm in this like I'm in this level yeah, you know? yeah I'm already way better than these motherfuckers that have could have or will have titles yeah you know so i mean yeah so i mean it's a and that's the only way you're gonna be a better right is if you fight people that are really good, really, really yeah. good and they're held up into this pedestal right like these guys are like world champions yeah. or multiple time champions in different divisions So, and that's the only way you're going to get better. Because, I mean, you're not going to get better if you're fighting, like, the same level guys, you know? So, uh, but it's great that you're still doing that and you're still, like, picking off, like, you know, things that you can get better at or testing your limits or testing your level to see where you're at. And then I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a big confidence, a booster it's for you to be able to take, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, to take a, a, a champion to uh, to their limits, to take them to school and be like, man, I'm better than this guy. If yeah. if this guy's got is you know a, a champion in all these divisions, a shoot, millionaire, you know, yeah, a millionaire, then shoot, I'm, then I can definitely do this, you know. Yeah. So, um, it just takes luck. That's the craziest part. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not all hard work. It's not all working smart. It's all. I mean, it's a little some, bit of everything. But some, even, no, but it, luck can define your career or can yeah. derail your career. In <laughs> boxing specifically. Yeah. Like, I've, there are even some world champions that I see that they're shit 
and they're just liked by somebody that has a lot of money and mm. decided to make him world champion. Mm. Because even if you're bad, you you can be carried fight by fight against specific opponents mm-hmm. in the right time for you that is the wrong time for the other person. Yeah. And you can be crowned world champion and not be good at all. Yeah. I know a few names like that. Well, I think we like, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big boxing uh, fan and I'll see guys and you can see the patterns, right? Like they start fighting guys that have no name value or their records are not the best, but uh, their skill levels are not there. But that's the structure. That's the structure. So like they'll fight those kind of guys and then that guy gets pushed and makes it look like they're, you know, like this world Literally class. a world champion, which yeah, means like a world there's champion. nobody under you. And then you, you look at the names of they be- the people that they've beaten, they're like, Nothing. who? What? Nothing, yeah. Huh? Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you, I see that, you know, I see that a lot. And it gets me frustrated because, like, I want to see who's, like, the best, you know? I want to see, you know, this guy go up against this guy. And I want them to go over here and let's, let's see who's the best out of here and whatever. Like fully competitive boxing yeah. business structure mm-hmm. that won't happen but it won't <laughs> but it as definitely won't happen because it's as you can, as like i said you can see it and you can see it and you can see the patterns and you know there's been fights where people be like you know what happens if this guy fought this guy and it could it could happen but this guy won't do it because of money supposedly or this guy won't do it because for whatever reason. Look, look, look how long did it took for the Manny Pacquiao and uh, uh, Mayweather fight to, to actually happen. I feel that... That's been I, like trying to happen for like many, 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 many it years. It took six years, but I feel that when situations like that happen, mm-hmm. some people's opinions tend to be that it's just that the business side didn't agree because... Somebody yeah. always wants to be the A side. Nobody wants to be the B side. Yeah. But I feel at this point, by even Julio Cesar Chavez has has said it publicly. Even if there's a lot of trouble making a fight because of uh, promotion enterprises not wanting to meet and to reach a deal, mm. if the boxer really wants a fight to fight a person that fight will happen. Will happen. So when stuff like that happens, that somebody, like a fight is not being done, mm-hmm. it usually takes that one of one of them is... To be like, all right, I had enough. We're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. doing this. Make no, it happen. It's just being a pussy, you know? Yeah. Like it's just not wanting to fight because most of the time in boxing, when you take risks, you still are going to take like a 60-40, you know? Yeah. You you you're still gonna be on the advantage side. Mm-hmm. Rarely you take like a very low odds to win. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's still like it's so there's so many politics that you have that you have to go through to be successful uh, in, in in the sport of boxing and sport and everything pretty much. There's a lot of that stuff going on because at the end of the day, it's all about making money, right? Especially in, yeah, in these types of sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it's football it's, it's or in soccer, it's even crazier. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure it is, and you see it all the time. But um, so 
you were still continuing to fight during and when you were homeless and stuff. So, and uh, and then after that, when you after you met your your your, your wife, I had one fight, uh -huh. and I won it. I was taken there to die. Mm -hmm. I was taken there to be to throw like they were throwing me to the lions. Yeah. 10 pounds over my normal weight class mm -hmm. against a guy way bigger than me. Mm -hmm. I pretty much fucked him up yeah. so bad. <laughs> uh, uh, and they still gave it, gave me a split decision. Like really? I knocked him down uh, in the second round, I think. Uh -huh. It was six rounds. And like, I carried him, like I bullied him, you know, I'm, my style is not based on strength, mm -hmm. but as soon as I knocked him down, I had him hurt the whole time. Yeah. So I just kept landing flush and flush. Mm -hmm. Usually, if that would have been my case, they would have stopped they the fight stopped a the long fight. time, Yeah. you know, long time ago, before. Mm -hmm. In his case, they let it go trying to you know to rescue yeah 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 which didn't come mm -hmm. so when you receive such a beating yeah well like l putting aside the fact that they gave me a split decision and everything yeah then they put at him against people that had more losses than wins and yeah. still would get knocked out oh really yeah huh. because there's some types of beatings that you don't are not supposed to go through yeah unless you are a super warrior but that also you gotta be brought up into it mm -hmm. you're not in the beginning it's not the moment for you to go yeah. to wars mm -hmm. he made the wrong decision to fight me yeah and that's what happened and that's what happened huh and then um that the rest of that year was also extremely frustrating more um like more let's say defeats you know yeah um in the sense that i would get a fight mm -hmm. and with contract signed most of the times it would still fall through Mm -hmm. and the rest of the year i would keep training count with that money even though it wouldn't be much yeah. you know really needed it seven times seven fights fell through for the rest of the year i would keep making a training camp super hard yeah to not go through it yeah uh, to not but you know what i mean yeah if you do that seven times in a year you're gonna get really really beaten up you yeah, know, you're gonna go like in. You need a, a time to rest, mm -hmm. and I didn't rest. Mm. By the last two fights, I was actually even happy that they were canceled. You know, yeah. uh, like because you were just tired. My mind was exhausted and my body was exhausted. Uh -huh. I was just trying to land one because, you know, gotta make my career happen. Lost that full year. You lost every single one of them. Uh, no, no, no. no. The, I lost that Those, full year, like yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I lost. Yeah, yeah. I lost the rest of the year mm -hmm. after making that fight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then COVID happened. 
Yeah. Another year, mm-hmm. two years without fighting. Mm-hmm. And then during COVID times, I sparred. It was also a funny story. Mm. Um, a friend of mine. Well, it's not a friend of mine. It's just somebody that I sparred that is somebody that I know, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was supposed to spar this other unbeaten guy. And he got into a fight and broke his hand. He couldn't he couldn't do it. And they his trainer wanted me to go there. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that the guy that they had plans with wouldn't... You know, he was not from Vegas. He came to Vegas to get some work. And yeah. for him not to get any work would be kind of an asshole. So they got yeah. me instead. Uh-huh. It was a guy way heavier than me. Sorry. Mm. And I took him to school. I beat him up very nicely in front of his two trainers and manager. Mm-hmm. That's when the manager after the fight, wanted me to sign with him. Mm. Then after disproportionately stupid times, yeah, long times of negotiating, yeah, because in boxing, every single type of contract are designed, like if I'm signing you, mm-hmm. the contract that I will make is to, Can for I me to have the most amount of freedoms, mm-hmm. And for you to not be able to do shit. Yeah. And for me to get the most amount of money mm. from you. Yeah. You know, so I have very good friends. The ones that helped me when I was homeless, mm. I started passing my my contract. They would give me corrections, this and that. Then the manager accepted them mm-hmm. and whatever. Finally got the contract signed. He told me that he was going to do everything um, everything that I need to get my career going on again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw how good I am. He, that was his best fighter. Mm-hmm. And his best fighter, I took him easy. Yeah. Easy work for me, you know. Uh-huh. Curiously, his, that fighter just lost a fight against... Uh, a guy from former Soviet Union, I think it's like Tajikistan, mm. which is also another friend of mine, mm. which I lived a week. Like when I became homeless, yeah, I lived a whole week with that guy. Okay. And I w- sparred with him. I also took him to school. I beat him up. <laughs> so this uh, Tajik beat up my manager's... Uh, guy yeah yeah thinking like it's right there like i'm I'm about to grab it you know finally things are about to happen then all of a sudden it just gets taken away mm-hmm. from you um and, and i'm not getting any younger and, and you're the, not getting any younger and then, especially when t- in, in, the, in the sport of boxing you know uh, it's athletes all we're just yeah we're just athletes around uh, around you know um it's a young man's uh sports yeah but uh, but yeah, you don't have time to waste. So I'm pretty sure you're like you're you're very frustrated, and and all these things are happening all at once, and the world's shutting down. Uh, it, 
I'm pretty sure it was very, very, you know, difficult for you, you know, mentally and emotionally, um, to, to, to all of this to, to be happening. Um, but, uh, but it's good that now that, uh, things are starting to get things going now and, and, you know, we'll see what, what, what happens. And I'm making everything to work out, you know, like, yeah. I'm making, I'm taking all the sacrifices, all the decisions yeah. to have it the right way. Mm-hmm. And if I have to let go of somebody, mm-hmm. I don't have any trouble. To do that. Yeah. yeah. My career is my priority. And it, like, if you get inside of my group for me as a boxer and yeah. you're not pushing me up, then, then you're out. Yeah. 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 And it should be like that, right? Yeah. It should be like that. Yeah. You know, you don't want somebody toxic, you know, interfering in, in your in your life, in your career. Yeah. You know, this is something that you've been working hard for and and you know, it's and there's other contracts that you can get. If you yeah. talk in Vegas or in in America. Mm-hmm. It's very it's not super easy, but it's it's quite it's way easier than in other countries. Yeah. Here, somebody will know somebody that mm-hmm. knows somebody yeah. that can help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. There's, if you ask around enough, somebody will help you out. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm doing. Hopefully, this deal with me works out. Hopefully, if it doesn't, I yeah. can get even a way better deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all you have to do, so right now it's just focusing on your career, focusing on uh, uh, on your skills, and and uh, just trying to get better and better. So yeah, when well, when it does happen, you know you get that you know, you get that fight, you're ready to go. Yeah, what I've been focusing at this point is make it as scientific as possible. You yeah. know, like going. The farthest I can go into in depth with in boxing, you know, like every day watching certain fights, every day watching certain breakdowns of fights, watching certain things, certain pattern. Yeah. Always look for patterns of yourself, of the opponent, of responses of the opponent when you do certain stuff, of of when the opponent does to you certain other stuff, your reactions, your yeah. patterns, mm-hmm. it's always, it can be very easy to predict. Yeah. And that's something I learned from Mayweather mm-hmm. that sometimes, even before I knew what I was going to throw, mm-hmm. he can tell it because of the body language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One specific punch, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this this fucker is like reading my mind like what the fuck like Uh i did certain things that he would never expect and there i have him in front of me and i'm not even touching him yeah yeah yeah. and those i guess it just separates us you know separates the the good fighters from the great fighters right there's levels yeah yeah there's definitely levels and for them to to do their homework and watch tapes and and figure out patterns and how they do things and 
and correcting some of the, your mistakes that you that you have on and working on those the things that you need to work on, you know, you, you become a great champion. So it's really good, man, to hear that you're doing that and you're doing uh, that stuff. So, you know, you'll be ready to 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 take out anybody that gets in, you know, in front of you in your next fight. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the goal, man. So you're you're living the American dream. Right, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Coming from a different country, you know, you're getting married and you're 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 signed now, and you're 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 making uh these steps forward to uh to to uh to get to your dream, right? I guess <laughs> a lot of hard work, though. I know it's a lot of hard work, and there's a a lot of a lot more bad times than good times, but uh. Yeah. Well, but it definitely not necessarily no. no but like with all the stuff that you just mentioned in terms of like boxing you know in terms of the sport there's a lot more bad times the good times just because of things falling through or like you start learning the you know the business side and you know all that stuff yeah but once i get in position in a certain specific position that mm -hmm. i need there's gonna be way much more good times than bad times yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we just got to work a little bit harder and we have to just keep wait for, keep going and wait for that lucky moment to yeah. capitalize on it. Somebody to watch you or something to happen mm -hmm. in the right moment, in the right yeah. place. Yeah. And you're ready for it. Yeah. That's awesome to hear, man. Well, <laughs> thank you for coming on, brother. That thank was awesome. You. That was great. Um, Uh, I think you're truly an inspiration from, you know, coming here and and not having anything and to to building up to what you have today. Uh, it's a true testament. If you just, you know, keep on working and keep pushing hard and keep moving forward, uh, you're going to get the things that you want in life. Thank you, my brother. And it was it was great being here and talking uh, like I I had never talked about the whole picture yeah yeah, yeah. it was it, nice. it was fun uh, man yeah. it was fun and, and i enjoy you being here um is there anything you want to promote like your instagram or anything like that oh yeah um Just look for like uh, Arturo. Yeah, uh, that's that's the problem. Because <laughs> everybody's handles. That's what I was thinking. Because I don't think you. Because you told me you don't handle your Instagram or anything like that, right? No, but mainly the way for people to find me, especially uh -huh. Americans. Yeah. With my last name. Mm -hmm. You just on Instagram. You, I'll just spell it. It's it's short. A R T U mm -hmm. I Z. Mm -hmm. I think zebra, I yeah. guess. Q. Okay. Artu isk. There you go. Okay. And that's how you'll find me. And that's how you'll find him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just right. type that in and then give him a follow. Uh, uh, right. My full name, I guess, but that's harder. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to put links in the show notes so people can check it out, uh, to check you out. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we'll put that in the link so you can check it out. Uh, if you guys want to follow us, Uh, we're on all the social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Iron Stands Fitness. If you want to leave us uh, questions, feedback, uh, business inquiries, ironstandstraining at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.